Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Our God is great. Amen. Amen. Well, for the last, I don't know, however many weeks, a couple of months, every time I preach, I've been preaching about our identity that we have in Christ. And I know that I say that often, and uh, I want you to know that if you've been listening, you've been listening to the truth of the gospel, all right? I mean, it's, it's that simple. Right, that, that if you through the Holy Spirit have been convicted of your sin and convicted of your separation from God and you have in faith repented and turned from your sin and yourself and the world and trusted in the work of Jesus on the cross, the shedding of His blood, the greatest miracle that That an all-powerful God can do. He sent His very own Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live in you. The Apostle Paul explained this miracle to the Ephesian Christians like this. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. It says, In Him you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the good news of your salvation... In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Order is important. Paul says you heard, you trusted, or believed, and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were saved. We've seen it demonstrated over the last several weeks with the ordinance of baptism, right? Those who have been saved as they, as they enter the baptismal pool and they confess their trust in the, in the work of Jesus on the cross. And they come into the water and they are symbolically buried with Jesus in His death. And then raised through His power of His resurrection, to walk in a new way, to walk in a new life, literally a new creation that is in Christ. And, uh, you know, and I pray that as we, as we continue, you know, in looking at, at what it means to, what it really means to be saved, and as we come to understand more and more of what it means, and we learn more about God, and we learn more about Jesus, and we learn more about the Holy Spirit, I pray that our growing in knowledge of God and what He's done for us and who we are in Him, that we may grow in holiness and our walk with Him. You know, we sing, we've seen a lot of songs about heaven. And I love singing the songs about heaven. Wayne loves singing the songs about heaven. Virtually every song we sang today was about heaven. But can I tell you, Jesus did just, just save us for heaven. that That is the ultimate goal, and that is our inheritance. 
But Jesus saved us and changed us, and we are new creations in Him. Not when we get to heaven, but when we're saved. Amen. Amen. And we, we are challenged, and the Word teaches us. The Bible, the Word of God teaches us how to live spiritual lives not, not when we get to heaven, but now. You won't need the Word to teach you how to live spiritual lives in heaven. Right? For then we will be like Him, Scripture says. I mean, I mean it would be glorious. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more any of that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, the Bible is written that we might know how to live and how we might relate to the Lord God and Jesus Christ our Father now, while we're alive. Amen? And, and if you're still alive, if you're still breathing in oxygen and exhaling carbon monoxide, unless something's changed in science since I was in middle school, then it's not time for you to go yet. God's got a purpose. Sometimes we struggle with knowing what that is. This week I visited a couple of, of our elderly folks that are in sort of a bad way. You know, one has fallen and broken her hip and had to have hip surgery, 88 years old. And she's ready to go to heaven. I'm telling you, she is. She's ready to go to heaven. And, I, and I, I can relate. I understand. But you know what? The Lord hadn't taken her yet. And that's up to Him. And, and until He does, then I just have to encourage her, hey, you stay hooked up spiritually with your Savior, he's got everything you need. You can do it through him. Amen. Well, as we uh, continue this morning, we're going to be in the book of Colossians. We're going to be a lot of places. And, uh, and, I, and I, again, I make no apologies for it. I know I say it every time. But, you know, there's just, there's, there's no preaching like the Bible. And uh, we're going to begin in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. We're going to be, like I said, we're going to be in several different uh, places. But, um, but in, the, in, the, in the book of Colossians, in the passage that is before us, we're, we're going to see how Paul describes Jesus. And you may think, well, you know, I know, I know all about Jesus. Well, I mean, I get that. Right? I, get the, I get that we understand and we know Jesus. But before we as, we, as we look about what it means to us in our spiritual life, I think it's a good thing to look at again. All right? So let's, let's look at this. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. I think everything will be on the, on the screen. I'm using the New King James Bible, so it may or may not match exactly what your Scripture says, but... Um, but you know what? There's very few translations of the Bible I have a major problem with because they're all pretty good. And uh, so anyway, with that, let's read this. He is the image, he being Jesus. Paul is clear who he's talking about. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things 
were created through him and for him. Jesus. Jesus. And he is before all things. Verse 17. And in him all things consist. And he is the head. The first place. The foremost. He is the head of the body. The church. Who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have the preeminence. He may have the first place in everything. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father, for it pleased the Father that in Him or in Jesus all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through, through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded, steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. There's no telling how many sermons are in that one passage of Scripture. I'm not going to preach on all of it, okay? Uh, but my goodness, what an incredible passage. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. He is head of the church. One church. He is head of the church. He is preeminent. Preeminent over all things. In Him, He says, you have been reconciled to God and you will be presented holy and blameless and above reproach. Now, Paul's goal for teaching them or reminding them of these truths was what? He says, that you may continue in the faith and be grounded and steadfast in the faith and not moved away from the hope of the gospel in which you heard. Very real passage for us today. I want us to look specifically this morning at the phrase... For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. And the implications of what that's, verse 19, and the implications of what that means for us who are saved, who have been adopted as children of God. Paul, in the, in the next chapter, is going to tell us the exact same thing again. That in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, bodily, that in Jesus. So, 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 so what, is, what is this fullness? What is this fullness this, that it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell? Well, as we, as we think about that, in order to begin to grasp the magnitude of that truth, we have to think about every single attribute and characteristic of God. Every single one. His power was in Jesus. Isn't Jesus? Let's not use past tense. His majesty 
His wisdom, His love, His mercy, His patience, His kindness, His long-suffering, and every other thing that God is and that God does dwelt fully in the person of Jesus. Dwells fully in the person of Jesus. Always, Always has. Since He was born as a human being, He possessed these qualities from the beginning. Now, you say, preacher, we know that, right? And I, and I get it. I, I, I understand that you do, right? But, but with that background, I want you to now turn over a chapter and go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses uh, 6 and 7. Excuse me, 6 through 10. So, so having understood that Jesus is everything, Right? Jesus is everything. Paul tells the Colossians in, in chapter 2, verse 6, he says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, as you have heard the gospel, and you have trusted and believed, and you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Live your life. Walk in Him. Live your life in Jesus. Rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Then verse 8, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. And then he says it again, For in Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. Another rich, rich passage of Scripture. Paul says, if you have received Christ Jesus as the Lord, walk in Him. Walk refers to our daily conduct, right? Paul says, you know who Christ is, stay rooted in Him, built up in Him, established in your faith, and walk in Him. And then Paul issues a warning to them and to us. Right? He says this. He says, beware. Beware. Lest anyone cheat you. Now, most translations don't say cheat you. Most translations, and if you're looking at anything other than the King James or the New King James, will say something like this. See to it that no one takes you captive. Now, he's writing to Christians. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Now, he doesn't say, beware that you, might, that you reject this gospel, right? Or beware that you might turn away From what you know to be the truth. That's not what he says. He says, beware that you are not deceived into believing something that is not Christ. And can I tell you, this is where rubber hits the road for us today. Right? Because because we live, and it's it's no different today. Paul wouldn't have wrote it 2,500 years ago or however long ago it's been. Long time. It's been true since... It's been true since Satan got kicked out of heaven. 
right? That there is a deception to deceive men away from the truth of God and of Jesus. He says, beware, lest anyone cheat you. Beware of attempts to take you captive to philosophies that are not of Christ, but are deceptions according to the traditions of men and according to the basic principles of the world. You know, there's lots of philosophies of men in the world, both of whom, by the way, Satan initiates, right? I mean, it's not men. It's not the world in and of itself. It is men and worldly systems that are under control or influence even of the enemy of God and the enemy of Christians, Satan. And, and if we are not aware of and if we are not rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith, and by the way, there's only one way that that can happen, and that is by spending time reading, studying, knowing the Word of God. This is the very Word of God. This is not the wisdom of men written down what somebody thought, regardless of what somebody may say. This is the very Word of God. God inspired men to write. Paul, write this. And Paul wrote it. Right? Do we, do we understand that that is actually what this is? So he says, be, be aware. Don't be deceived. If it's not of this, chances are it's a deception to take, drive you away from God. And, and you know what? There's, there's, a, uh, there's a lot of it, right? There's a lot of it. There's no way I can preach on really all of them. Um, I will tell you that, you know, especially as I think about Falls Creek, I pray for our students. I pray for our students as they, as they leave high school and they begin to attend university, right, that a lot of the teachings that they will encounter are the philosophies of men. And many of them are taught by men and by women who have been deceived to think what they are teaching is truth. And they present the facts of men as if they were ultimate truth and facts, and the Word of God contradicts them. You know, the sciences teach that, you know, what the, what, the, what the beginnings of man was, how man came to be, how the earth was created. Well, there's not many that teach it like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? A lot of science doesn't teach that. I pray for our students that are not deceived by the facts of men, the traditions of men, but are faithful to the truth and they understand the truth of the Word of God. Uh, and not just students, all of us. We're all influenced by all of those kinds of, 
of beliefs. You know, the, the social sciences, psychology, and sociology uh, attempt to philosophize. You know, this, this is the philosophy. They attempt to philosophize, you know, the, the, uh, how evil came to be. Is man basically good or basically evil? There's hardly a day goes by that I don't read something on social, some social media thing that says, oh, everybody is good, everybody is kind. Well, can I just tell you that ain't true. In fact, none of us are good except by the grace and mercy of God. That's it. Now, that makes many good. Praise God. Okay? But... But by and large, that's not the nature of man. The nature of man, the unregenerate nature of man is evil, and it's of Satan. I don't mean to be mean. That's, again, that's just the truth of what the Word of God says. Don't be deceived. Don't be fooled by the things of man. A lot of stuff that are taught of philosophies of men are basic philosophies of the world. And we must be aware so that we are aware of the enemy's attempt to take us captive. And there's, there's way more. I mean, I've just listed those two because they came to mind, particularly as I was thinking about Falls Creek and, and all of that kind of stuff. But, but you know, but we are bombarded what are, what, are, what are rendered to us, what are taught to us as facts. You know, things regarding gender identity and sexual identity, as well as, well as many other things. The philosophies of, that people have that say, hey, I am due to be taken care of by, by the government or by whatever. As a human being, I have a right to be cared for by somebody else. I mean, that sounds good. Problem is, it's a lie. It's just not true. We may have a privilege, we may have, a, we may have grace and mercy that do those things, but guess what? It's not a right as a human being. It's not a right as a human being. Few, few get to experience that. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to charge things politically. I'm just saying that, that, this, that this, this instance, these issues of being deceived by the things of the world and the philosophies of men is very, very, very pervasive. It is. And, uh, and we must, Paul says, beware. Beware of it. Right? Beware of it. He says, don't be, don't be taken captive by anything that is not according to Christ. Let me read verse 8 again. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. And in this next verse, next verses are where I want to spend the remaining part of my time. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and all power. Why is it important that our facts are according to Christ? Well, we see it in him, we see it again and because in him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. He is 
He is the ultimate. He is the head of all principality and power. That's the head of all rule and all power forces. I mean, it, there's, there's nothing that is outside of his principality and power. I mean, that, that's not just about evil stuff. That's about everything, every power, every authority, and every power. That there is nothing that Jesus is not the head of. And you say, and I know, you know, but we say, but, but there's, there's so much in the world to, to be, you know, to be fearful of. Right? There is evil and there is corruption. Every Sunday we pray for our country that the Lord might turn us back to Him. Right? There's so much evil. There's, there's so much corruption. There's sickness and disease and danger in the world. Let me say it again. There is nothing that He is not head of. There is nothing that our God is not head of. The fullness of God dwells in Him, and He is over all. Now, look at this next great truth, right? As if our God and our Lord Jesus Christ, who saved us and adopted us, being the head over all things, is not enough, then Paul adds this, and you... Think individual Christian. Think you, Mark. Think you, Paul. Think you, you are complete in Him. <laughs> you are complete in Him. That word complete is the word pleroyu. And I think that's how you, I'm not, I don't do Greek, so I don't really know, but that's something like that. And it, and, it, and it means, one of, the, one of the things is to level, to level up a hollow, right? I mean, you get that. Any of you had to fill up a hole in your yard with sand or dirt or something, right? To fill up a hollow, to fill in what is lacking, right? To fill in what is lacking. You are complete in Him. The, the verb form of it is actually the exact same as that word, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus, now, I'm not saying that you are omniscient or that you, you are all-powerful or you are all-knowing or you are all-anything because you're not. You do not possess the attributes, or at least most of the attributes, and certainly not to the degree the attributes that Jesus does, right? So I'm not saying you're a God or that you are God. But what Paul is saying, and, it, and, it is, and it's in so many other passages of Scripture too. I was going to preach on all of them, but I don't have time. We are complete in Him. We are complete in Him. We are lacking nothing. Because you and I are in Jesus if we are saved and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Because he has the fullness of God, all attributes in him. Paul says, you are complete. You are complete. You lack nothing. Right? That's, that, and that's the reason that, you know, that I started off this thing by saying that, that it's not just about heaven. Because it's not we will be complete. 
right? But that you are complete. You possess everything. Since you possess the Holy Spirit of God, which is Jesus, then you are complete to deal with whatever, whatever may come your way. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, want you, I want to take a look at one more passage of Scripture where, where the Apostle Paul is praying for the Christians at Ephesus. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. If you want to turn there, you can. If not, it'll be on the screen. But in Ephesians chapter 3, 14, uh, th- this is a prayer that Paul is praying for those Ephesian Christians. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the whole thing, but I'm going to tell you where I'm going to end first. At the very end of this prayer, Paul prays that they might know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and that they might be filled with all the fullness of God. Okay? That, that's, that's his prayer. But he says this. He says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What, what causes us to be filled with all the fullness of God. Yes, we possess the Holy Spirit. Yes, when we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, when we are saved, that's a done deal. Right? But we all recognize, not only through the Scripture, but through our own experience, that we are not always filled with the fullness of God. Right? Well, what causes us to be filled with the fullness of God? Paul says it's this. It is comprehending understanding, comprehending the width and the length and the depth and the height of the love of Christ. Oh, Christian, do you understand? Do you grasp how much Jesus loves you? It's in understanding His love that we're filled with the fullness of God. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. His ultimate love was shown by sending his son Jesus to die on a cross. He loves you. And he is all-powerful, all-knowing. Nothing is outside his will, right? And, And his love should compel us to to worship Him, to trust Him, no matter what. If we understand the depth of His love for us, then we know that everything that happens to us comes through His hands. And and it's not a love that is designed to hurt or designed to destroy, but it is a love that is designed to give life. Compels us to worship Him, to trust Him. Compels us to show love to others. It compels us to forgive. Compels us to pray in power. 
Because we are complete in Him. We are filled with the fullness of God. Jesus is victorious. And He lives in us that we may be victorious. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this, Now to Him, to Him, to Jesus, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The power, the power of Jesus that dwells in us, that makes us complete in Him. It means there is, there is nothing, there is nothing that we should fear. I, that preaches easy, doesn't it? There is nothing that we should worry about. That preaches easy, doesn't it? I understand that living those things is much harder. But you know what? Just because it's harder for us to, to understand and to grab a hold of is all the more reason, all the more reason that we have to continue preaching it, that we've got to continue thinking about it, that we've got to continue reading it in the Word of God. I mean, in, in these three passages, in fact, I haven't even got to the third one yet, Romans Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> beginning in verse 31, and I don't have this one on the screen, but it says this, What then shall we say to these things? As God is for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Right? It sounds like we're complete in him. Right? Freely give us all things. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also riven, who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And he's just tried to think of everything that somebody might think of that could separate them from the love of God. And then he says this, yet in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of a God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Over and over, Colossians, Ephesians, Romans... Paul, through the Holy Spirit, writing the very words of God, says we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And can I tell you, I, I think that really knowing and believing this truth will and should change the way we live our lives. On this earth, it's hard to not just live in the physical. I get that. There is so much physical, right? I mean, we live in, 
it's going to be close to 100 degrees this week, right? That's going to be a physical thing. I can spiritually think about it being 65 all I want, but it's going to be 100 outside. All right? So, so it's hard not to live in the physical. We do live in the physical. But can I just tell you, the spiritual is the stuff we're talking about. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am complete in Him. He will provide, protect, heal, whatever. Whatever. Because of His love for us. That's the truth we need to live in. That we need to keep preaching. I'm going to keep preaching it to you. As long as I'm pastor of this church, I'm I'm going to keep preaching it to you. I'm going to keep preaching it to myself, honestly. Every time I have to hear it, you have to hear it. But the, the spiritual is so real. If you've given your life to Christ, you are loved by Almighty God. You are loved by a son, Jesus. And you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And you are complete in Him. We live our lives from a place of victory. Now, Paul in Romans, he he lists all those things that people feel like might be separating them from the love of God, right? How can God love me if I'm going through this and this and this, perils and all of that stuff that he mentioned? But you know what? No matter what, no matter what, we belong to God. Almighty God. This world is not our home. This evil system of government or the world and Satan and all that kind of thing, it's not our guide may try to exert its influence on us, but you know what? We do not submit to the influence of that stuff because we are children of God, saved, by, saved through faith by grace. Wayne's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. And uh, as you stand, we're going to sing a uh, hymn of response. And you know, these, these promises that you know, that I speak of, that we are complete in Him. Um, they are true, but they're only for those that have been saved through faith in God and in His Son, Jesus. That can be you today if you sense the Holy Spirit leading of God and you recognize that sin in your life separates you from a holy God. The Bible says that all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. And it's that simple. So if you've not done that, you come and do that. Another part of the invitation may be like me. Right? Like me. You know what, Pastor? I live too much in the physical and not enough in the spiritual. You know what? We can repent of that too. And we can say, Oh, Holy Spirit, be 
essentially real to me, remind me every minute that I am a spiritual being, not only created in the image of God, but renewed by the blood of Jesus and sealed in the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The world, your family, your co-workers, your friends will notice. Maybe you need to get that right with God. Amen? Wayne, lead us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turn. Before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you, and we hope you have a blessed week.